Welcome to the CRE Marketing Call Meetup with your host, yours truly, Sarah Malcolm of Quiet Valor, Joshua Lyons of Joshua Lyons Marketing, and Linda Day Harrison of The Broker List. And we're so happy to have you all join us today. All right, let's go. Today, so exciting. But first, I want to thank my co-founders, Linda Day Harrison and Joshua Lyons. Our topic today drum roll, please. The courageous ones pushing boundaries in marketing part one. Listen, I was, it was funny. I was talking to Linda and Josh about, you know, what should be our next series. And so, and typically we don't say the word series. So I'm a little lying when I say we're talking about a series because that's the idea that came about our conversation. And, you know, there's, one thing in our industry is not known for, and that is being courageous in marketing. And there's some, there's some definitely being courageous, but I would say the majority are not. And after, you know, the year and a half that we've had, now's the time to be courageous. So my goal in this is to inspire everyone who's listening to do something different, be courageous, and push those boundaries. So when I thought of it, I was like, hmm, who should I have on? Immediately, Rashawn Jackson, marketing director, North America, a census, a little bit about a census. They're the leading global provider of software and technology to the office space sector. Um, Their flex services platform is specifically designed to solve the unique challenges of operating and scaling Next generation office experiences. Listen, if that doesn't sound impressive, Landed I don't know it. what does. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and just got that like what two minutes ago. So, um, <laughs> so really, really excited to have Rashawn on, and of course, with almost twenty years experience, Aaron Paz, marketing director, investor services, brokerage, and if you don't know who JLL is, they are you're living under a rock. Um, but and and listen, I'm super excited to welcome to welcome these two. And I knew uh, that if I was gonna talk about the courageous ones, these two definitely had to be on because I worked them and I know them, so I can <laughs> um, I can co-sign that. Um, so welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sarah calls. I come. I come run. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's like, uh, I'm not gonna say that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. So let's get started. Let's jump in. So, what do you think it means to be courageous in marketing? And Aaron, I'd like you to start. Start with you. Yeah, I mean, I when I look at being courageous, I I think that goes hand in hand with being true to who you are, who your company is, and being authentic. Um, not doing something because it's what everybody else is doing, um, but really taking a look about at what feels right, what feels good, what tells your story, what gives your message in the most transparent and authentic light possible. So I think when you talk about being courageous, you really have to take a step back and look at um, you know the values that you want to drive, the services that you want to drive, and how you want to do that. Awesome. Awesome. The one thing that stuck out to me is, you know, kind of telling your story and being authentic. I feel that 
there's so many companies out there. And I think Rashawn, we were just talking about that. There's especially prop tech companies. I'm like, I have no clue what, what they do, what their story is. And um, there's just so much opportunity. So that uh, I couldn't agree more, Aaron. Uh, yeah. Rashawn, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I'll just piggyback off of that and just, you know, elaborate a little further and just say it's, it's about pushing boundaries, you know, and being yeah. daring enough to, to go there. Um, it's very safe to stay in, in the lane but I think pushing boundaries and really just that next, uh, the next space, you know, that is going to be the new wave. Whoever is daring enough to go there first, those are the courageous ones. Yeah, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. I think you well, nailed it, Rashawn. That kind of the pushing the boundaries, right, and just stepping outside yeah. of that safety zone. And you know, you might sometimes, you know, make a mistake. Um, but mm-hmm. that's okay. And I think having the courage to go and do that um, is everything. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rashawn. No, I think some of us can really get comfortable in that safe safe zone, right? And I don't know whether you're thinking about job security or just not really wanting to stand out and risk, risk it all. Um, it's okay to explore and really push it, push it. But I think in marketing now, it's, it's, the challenge for us is really convincing the internal stakeholders that say, hey, let's mm-hmm. actually attempt in this direction and um, proving to them that it'll pay off. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a really good point. I can't tell you, and I'm sure everyone's been in these shoes before, where I've showed up to a company and I'll call it maybe a dinosaur, especially in commercial real estate. And you're like, okay, let's innovate. Let's do things completely different. And everyone's like, what is going on? Like, why are you trying to, to change? We've been making tons of money forever doing nothing in the bare minimum. Why, why even would you, you know, would you think that way? And um, which brings me to, to my next question is, do you think it's necessary for our industry to be courageous? Is, is commercial real estate cool enough, right? Are we, I mean, do we, do we need to, you know, step out of the box? Yeah, I'll jump in first. I think, uh, you know, uh, when you talk about commercial real estate, we're talking about things that have existed long before us that, you know, precede us generations, right? So it's very easy to stay in that, uh, like I said, safe zone. Um, But if you're not careful, you'll wake up one day and realize when you lift your head up that the entire society has changed around you and you've been trudging along doing the thing. And, um, by that time, it's a little too late, and now you're scrambling. Now you're 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 doing a <laughs> a bad impersonation of something you saw elsewhere. So, to Aaron's point earlier, if you're daring enough to your own values and push the boundaries in that lane, you're still in the lane of your core value as a brand, mm-hmm. right? But it's important to understand where society's going, where society's heading, so that you, and your company, your brand can be seen as an innovator and a leader in the space. So you know, break out of the, uh, the, the, the line that we're all following, you know? So that's all I would say. I, yeah, I, think I, I think that's a great point. Aaron, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely look at, first of all, your question about is commercial real estate cool enough? I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Think about it. I mean, it's our built world, right? It's every building, mm-hmm. it's every company, It's, you know, it touches everything from sustainability to 
um, you know, flex. And it's just, it's incredible. It, you know, there's nobody that can escape commercial real estate. And when you look at, you know, some of these companies that have been around for a really long time, um, I don't, you know, I see a lot of them now innovating and, and trying to, you know, up the game in marketing because you have newer companies that are coming along that are just getting into this space. And you look at the next generation of decision makers and they're going to be seeing this marketing and they're going to want to be working with, you know, the best and the brightest in the business. And it's not enough just to rest on your laurels of being a company that's been around forever. I mean, yeah, it helps. But if you, you know, to Rashawn's point, if you, if you don't start now, you're going to be behind the eight ball and then you're going to get quickly surpassed. Yeah. I think, I think the pandemic really put the spotlight on those who were not ready digitally to network, to promote their brand, you know, from a marketing perspective, I think. And, and those folks were panicking, panicking, Mm -hmm. you know, because I got some of those calls saying, I I don't have a social presence. I don't, my website's not ready to take leads. Like I'm just, just not ready. You know, that's not a position you want to be in as a marketer. It's, it's a lot it's a lot more fun when you're playing with a lead, right? Because that's when you can really let activity fly. If you're playing catch up, you'll never feel accomplished, honestly. You, you feel like you're constantly behind the eight ball. And, you know, we all deal with the fire drills from day to day. Um, but when you're, when you're forward, you'll never feel that pressure. Um, you're almost excited to come in the next day and try something else new um, because you're, you're leading the pack in that respect. So I think that alone is a cool position to be in. And when you're talking about real estate, you know, shaping the spaces that we exist, um, moving forward, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't want that? And, you know, moving over from retail real estate into say the office space, um, it, it, it's been so eye-opening for me because there, there's a lot of, um, correlation, honestly. Um, both industries are in this moment where society just like that just flipped and, and demands and and the, the needs of of the people you serve has changed dramatically right a gradual thing it has completely pivoted and it's it's centered around technology um and convenience right and how can you make these spaces convenient for the people um, before it was just okay, uh, volume and growth and showing a portfolio size, but really it's now about um, having the right real estate and and serving the people who use those spaces. So that whole concept and that shift in dynamic as a marketer really makes me excited because these are we're now marketing that people have to live, uh, work, play. Um, it's about wellness and, and well-being, and convenience. Um, merging physical and digital, it's it's an exciting time, honestly. So whether you're in retail or office or even residential, I mean, it's a, it's a real exciting time to market um, what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better, Rashawn. And and how do you feel our industry is doing in creating a brand identity? And is the courageous part missing, Aaron? Um, I mean, I think I think we're getting there. Right. I mean, I look at commercial real estate and I, you know, again, as I said earlier, I think there we're really coming into our own now. Right. And we are seeing the value of creating um, a brand identity within this space. And I I'm excited to be a part of it because I think it's new. And I think that 
I'm seeing companies, JLL included, taking risks and um, really coming to the table with some incredibly impressive, um, you know, marketing and thought leadership and content uh, really helps our clients make decisions, right? So it's not just about marketing ourselves and and how great we are, but it's really coming to our clients, to our prospects with truly value-add information about how they can run their businesses better and use commercial real estate, um, you know, which is obviously, you know, sometimes either the largest or the second largest um, expense to a company to really, you know, drive employee engagement, to attract customers. I mean, it's, it's exciting that we're able to guide um, these, these clients in a way that's truly impactful. So I think by, you know, obviously continuing to market, but then also really coming out with valuable, useful information, um, that's, we're creating a brand identity as, as guides and, and really, you know, a best practice around how you support your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If there's one thing I think about JLL, I mean, there's a lot is the, the education and content you guys produce is like no other. I mean, yeah. there's no other brand in our industry that is is at that level. So, um, well, well said. Rash- yeah, Rashawn. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Do you think, oh, what, I, do you think I, our industry is doing? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> would you, um, I was ready for the next would, one. Would you, like, would you like a coffee? You yeah, ready. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I, you know, me and you have had these conversations in the past about um, – the branding of, of our industry and there there are some issues well known and it's due to a generational shift i think that's happening right now where um, you have a younger demo that's coming into the space an older one that's retiring and handing off and the inflection point where you have to be careful that we're not just creating uh, a repeat of the last generation right um so that to me, that means bringing in a, a, an influx of new, new demographics, right? I want to see some more Rashans in the space. Um, I, I think having different points of views and perspectives helps shape those different um, spaces and, and, and mark we're, we're heading into. Um, but I also think that we, the industry, and um, could do, really do a better job as far as appealing to the next generation of workers coming out of school, right? It, it's a, it's a industry that hides in plain sight. And that's not just the retail real estate side. That's the commercial real estate side of the community, you name it. Um, I really do like how prop tech has now come in to really disrupt things a little bit and kind of break through, but they, they have the benefit of being the tech guys, right? And alone by itself is cool, right? Quote unquote cool. So I think the commercial real estate community, could really take a um, take some information from what, what tech is doing and just mm-hmm. allow for that dynamic uh, point of view, the, the breaking of the mold to enter into the commercial real estate, real estate space, right? And how the approaches, right? Let's take let's get rid of the old ways of doing things and really kind of rewrite the book. Um, real estate's not going anyway. Anyway, but I do think the way we do business and how we approach it and the people we mm-hmm. include in this ecosystem could really benefit commercial real estate for the next, say, 50 years or so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, speaking of prop tech, 
and there's this thing that I say to some of the prop tech companies I speak to, because, you know, I think it, explaining what they do is hard sometimes to our industry because they're so innovative and they're just, dis they're disrupting the space that sometimes they sit on, you know, what, what makes them different is enough, right? That's, that's, you know, that's enough for, you know, kind of, you know, understanding who they are and sticking out of the crowd. Right. But, but is establishing what makes you different from everyone else enough in our industry? I mean, mm. Rashawn, what do you think? Um, I think, <laughs> and here's where I'll push back on the, the prop tech guys when it comes to working <laughs> with landlords. I think um, you got to understand that the, our, our well, the commercial real estate business is, is simple. It's dynamic. It's elaborate. It's um, very lucrative. But it, it, it's simple, right? <clears throat> so it's important that we you you don't overcomplicate things, right? Tell me how your product is really going to make my life easier, make me money, and be able to um, be easily adapted, right? I think sometimes we we complain, uh, we, you know, we were just talking about it, how these uh, prop tech companies can can really promise the world when really you're offering one or two things that we, somebody else is as well. So really just speak regular speak, right. And mm -hmm. speak to the facts because honestly, they get pitched a ton of solicitations all day long. So it's important to get to the point and really show how it's easier for me and my team. Um, Hopefully that. You know, yes, yes, know. yes. It actually gets me excited. It actually gets me excited because again, I said, yeah. I, I, I always say that you know landlords have prop tech fatigue, and oh, yeah. it's just like, oh gosh, another one that's going to change my life. Okay, you know, <laughs> it's just like, you know, but but there's yeah. one that might, you know. So it's like mm -hmm. you, you want to make sure that you keep listening and being innovative, yeah. you know, from that side of things. But it's also the job of PropTech to make sure you're marketing it yeah. and telling that story in the most effective way. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll add one other thing. And, I, you know, when I was on the landlord side, the companies that really that I loved working with are the ones that wanted to learn more from me and trying to teach me a thing or two. Right. So I think the two worlds could really benefit from becoming design partners in a sense where. They want to build the the tech guys. They really want to build the best product possible, right? So it can appeal to the masses. There's no better way to do that than to include the landlords into the design process in a sense. Maybe there's some kind of partnership in that respect so that both parties are benefiting, you know? They need each other. So it's important that they come and meet when it comes to um, creating that next uh, that next cool thing. Love it, love it. Aaron, what about what about you? Do you think, what do you think is... is different enough? Does that cut it in your world? I kind of think I know this answer. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, most commercial real estate companies are, are doing the same thing, right? I mean, it's our business. And so, you know, obviously being different, um, it's, it's not always easy. Um, but at the same time, I think Rashad made a really good point. Um, when you're working with clients, they don't overcomplicate it. I think that's what can keep you different, right? Going in, being clear, having a solution that truly is going to make their lives easier, that's clear to understand. Um, I, you know, I, I personally think if you are different because you are naturally doing something differently, amazing. 
you should, you know, obviously continue down that path, but don't try to be different just for the sake of being different. Again, I think yeah. if you're sticking to, you know, truly what you are, um, you know, out there with, you know, with your values, what you're trying to do, how you're trying to help clients, um, that's going to shine through, right? It's, it, it doesn't, you know, you don't go out there just to be different, just to be different. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just try to be get different. You where you want to be. Actually try to go and solve somebody's problem. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Yeah. Just do you right. And, and, do you. and offer something. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hashtag do you. Okay. So let's talk about the H word. Okay. Humor. How do we feel about bringing humor into a brand in commercial real estate? We know, we know like the big brands yeah. like Geico, right? They've, they've been able to pull it off. And, in, and, and everyone says, you know, commercial real estate is such a boring industry. I mean, insurance, that, that takes the cake in boring, right? In the boring meter. Um, but, but Geico figured it out and, and they, you know, no offense to insurance, anyone insurance. <laughs> but, but listen, there's a way to stick out at stand out of the crowd. Cause they did. But, um, do you feel like, you know, humor has a place in commercial real estate? I do. Yeah. I do. And first I'll, I'll say that, you know, these insurance companies, they're, they're all doing the humor thing now. And I actually look forward to it, whether it's progressive, Aflac, it was the, the new one, NJM. I, I crack up laughing. I look forward to the insurance commercials now. I don't look <laughs> forward to reviewing insurance, but the commercials <laughs> have really allowed me to even know who your brand is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I always say humor when it comes to marketing, it, it's not necessary, but I tell you what, it does, you know, uh, soften a hard defense. And, you know, when, once you're being pitched something, um, there's no you know, bigger dread than somebody approaching your door or handing you, hey, would you, you immediately put up a wall, right? And I think um, the, f <laughs> the folks that can bring humor and kind of soften the defenses a little bit, they get an entry point, right? So us is that's what we're looking for. So if it fits, you know, don't force it yeah. because then people yep. will say, okay, you're, you're really wasting my time. But um, when it comes to really harsh subject matter that is just kind of drone on it, it could be a, 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 a Trojan horse into, into their defenses. Awesome. I think humor I in a smart way can't be beat. I mean, it is truly making something so much more personable. Um, and I think if there's ever an opportunity, right? I mean, I don't, candidly, I don't see a lot of humor in commercial real estate marketing. Um, yeah. And I think you have to be really thoughtful and smart about how you bring that in um, if you are going to do that. Um, but I think there's a place for humor and honestly, everything. It, it adds some levity. Um, and, and if it works, I say, go for it. Just don't force it. And I think yeah, you also have to be you know, mindful of um, you know, your internal stakeholders too, right? And, and make sure that if you are using humor, that there is like, there's an understanding as to why it's being used. And there's some buy-in to that, right? I mean, I, I do think because it may be new in certain industries to do that, that are, you know, a bit more traditional in nature, you have to just be thoughtful about, um, you know, not only who's going to be consuming that information, but also who it's representing as a whole of the company. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, think I, I thought I saw uh, a 10X ad with um, Keegan Michael Key. Um, the uh, comedic actor from uh, Key and Peele. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I haven't uh, seen commercial. it. I have, 
I, it's, it runs on Hulu quite a bit. So, you know, I got to check it out. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I so guess they're, I they're trying to bring Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Or check them out on LinkedIn, I think. Um, but, awesome. you know, that's somebody who's daring to go into the humor space in commercial real estate. Absolutely. Listen, I'm still thinking about Rocket Mortgage. And I have no reason to ever think of that, but the Jason Momoa Super Bowl ad 2020, and that was almost two years ago. And <laughs> I'm still laughing. I mean, still like randomly it'll come in my head and I'll just giggle, you know, and, yeah. and I'm actually about to get a mortgage and I'm, you know, came to mind, maybe I should check out Rocket Mortgage. And I never <laughs> would have ever unless, you know, I saw that ad. So, um, so Aaron, you mentioned a key word in being courageous in marketing, and that was buy-in. We know that being courageous takes a village, right? So how do you, what's the trick to getting leadership to also embrace courageous marketing? Aaron. All right, so this is not just a plug for JLL. <laughs> but um, I, I, I am going to be, but I am going to do a little, I think we are blessed at JLL that we have um, not only incredible marketing leadership at the company, um, but just incredible leadership in general. And there's a connection between our marketing leadership and the leaders of our business lines, our, you know, our North American leaders, our global leaders. And so I, you know, there's, there's trust there, right? So if you have an idea in marketing, and I have felt this since day one, you know, more times than not, you're going to be able to, you know, really drive something new and different, um, which is, which is incredible because I know that that isn't always the case at a lot of places. So um, very thankful for that. But with that being said, um, I, I do think it relies on trust. And I think as a marketer, you need to understand the business, right? And so if you can understand the business and be able to have conversations with leaders about why this is driving business, that's going to help you get the buy-in. I think, you know, marketers, myself included, can tend to get like swept away and all the bells and whistles and this is so cool, but we need to be able to prove it back to why this is going to be good for our clients, our brand, our employees. And if we can't do that, then, you know, ultimately we need to rethink what we're doing. But I think if you're going to leadership and getting stakeholder buy-in, um, it's important to really be able to speak to to the business as well as you know marketing and and the creativity behind it. Awesome, I love that. And 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 honestly, it shows. You can tell companies where the leadership supports and gets marketing. Like you can yeah. see it from a mile away, right? So, Rashawn, yeah. what's your thoughts? How do you how do you get how do you get buy-in from leadership? Yeah, you know, look, you got to have a proven track record. First of all, I think um, will ultimately allow them to first hear you out <laughs> because us as marketers, you know, when we want to propose something kind of new and daring, it, it it involves a certain rapport with your, you know, your your stakeholders. Um, but beyond that, I think if you can bring uh, examples of success, um, giving uh, you know that method. Uh, even if it's from another end, that's always helpful as well. But um, I think more importantly, you have to 
allow them to, to understand that things are changing, points of views are changing, and that the audience is going to be open and receptive to this new way of doing something, right? So I think those three key things, you know, understanding or having that rapport with your stakeholders and showing them examples of, of success and then really just, um, you know, driving it home with that, hey, is open to this approach. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what, so what, what's your advice for those who are in a situation where they're just bleeding creativity and they're just so excited to do something different, but they're in a company or organization that just doesn't get it. They've provided the case studies. They've shown, you know, they've shown like the ideas and, and, and they have a track record, like, but it's just, you know, it's just the normal, just send out a press release, you know, mm. make sure that we've got some basic stuff. Some, some, you know, I don't really want to spend money on social media. Like, what's your advice? Like, I mean, do Leave. you quit? I was going to say, go find a Run. new job. Listen, yeah. tell you something. <laughs> Now, now we're talking about being courageous. Yeah, you have to leave. Honestly, you know, we are, as marketers, we're, we're constantly looked at as an undervalued, uh, very evil, especially in the CRE space. So um, if you are in an organization that doesn't want to um, adapt and, and, and really foster that kind of approach, it might not be the best fit for you. And you don't want to waste too much time of your career in in a space that's not going to allow you to grow, right? Maybe you've outgrown that pot and you have to get repotted somewhere else so that you can go and flourish and and your your ideas can bear fruit. Honestly, there's a lot of opportunities out there, especially right now. I think um, if you find yourself in that situation, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to all of the people who have been with you to this point to to really flourish. So sometimes you got to make a move. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny when I was at ICSC at Recon and I was like, there's so many amazing marketers. They're so talented. And then I saw them getting yelled at because the coffee wasn't on time. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and I just was like, (laughs) it was, it was funny to see some, not for everybody, but some of the leadership that just didn't get how talented Mm -hmm. and the worth of these individuals. So I, I think you're right, but yes, now is the time can I tell you how many emails I get a week saying, Hey, Sarah, do you know anybody in marketing? I need like a, you know, a badass marketer and, you know, focus in digital or, you know, whatever it is. So now there's so many jobs out there. So I think you just hit on a great point. There's so much. I mean, if you look, I don't know, 20 years ago when I started out, like Mm -hmm. there wasn't really such a thing as, you know, digital marketing or the social media as we know it now. And so Marketing has so many facets, right? I mean, you kind of have your marketing generalists that do a little bit of everything. You have content marketers, you have digital marketers, you have social media managers. I mean, there's so many different tracks that you can go down. Marketing automation. I mean, I, I wish I knew what people now know about marketing automation. I just didn't grow up in marketing during, you know, when it was starting. And so I just, I think there's such a future and there's so many different ways to, um, you know, really go into a track that interests you. It's not just, oh, marketing, I do a little bit of everything. Like you can very much specialize right now, um, which gives oh, yeah. people more opportunities. Yeah. And if there's any, you know, 
real uh, decision makers in the commercial real estate space that's listening to this, your marketing people aren't butlers. You're, if you're using them that way, you are really missing out on a lot of what they can bring to your organization and your brand, honestly. It's funny. I actually did a blog called The Faith Behind the Brand in CRE. It was a long time ago because I was like, I don't know if y'all get this, but your marketing team is the face behind the brand, like period. Mm -hmm. And so, which is the most important, right? I mean, it's the face of the brand, right? So, um, so I, I, uh, concur for Sean. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about being transparent. Um, you know, can that help with being courageous? And specifically, I remember when the whole BLM black lives matter, movement came through in a bigger way than, than it had been a lot of commercial real estate companies, you know, some of them jumped right in and some of them were like, wait a second, we haven't ever talked about black, black lives matter. Um, you know, I, I just would love to get your perspective Rashawn, on, you know, being transparent and, yeah. and how, how does that help you being courageous or does it? Yeah, look, I, I think if your company has had a track record of being, you know, um, what I'll say, forward-looking, um, you know, culture, um, for culturally um, focused, I think that it's okay to really delve into these these moments. But if you're just jumping on a bandwagon and a hashtag just because you see everybody else changing their avatars and that's disingenuous. You, you, you don't want to be seen that way. And I think we have to understand that the audience, the general public can see right through it. Honestly, you'll end up hurting your brand more by trying to, you know, play the part on one week just because it's, you know, Hispanic mm-hmm. Heritage Month and you've never <laughs> mentioned anything like this or it's really not part of your MO, but you, you're really just following a trend. And that's what I spoke to earlier. You'll end up really looking hacky if you're just following something for the sake of it. But if it's really built into your brand that you are focused on these things and you care about mm-hmm. people. And I would urge a lot of brands that, you know, now more than ever, your brand needs to be focused on people, both the people within your organization and the, that um, use your service or, or spaces. And I think those that are going to be quicker to understand that fact and not just you know showcase pictures of facades of buildings are going to really reap the benefits because i think the audience want brands that understand them and if you can show that i think people will realize you as a genuine authentic brand so when it comes to these moments in our society they're going to believe what you have to say on the subject matter and that you're not just following some trend. Yep. And I think as, I think as marketers, I love what you love everything you said. And I think as marketers, you know, if you're supporting a movement like that, you know, representation at the top really translates down to what your company is all about. Right. So, so that's something, you know, just to point out to the leadership, okay, we want to support this, but we don't have anybody black in leadership. Do you know what I mean? So you're, you're going to get called out. I, so oh my God, I, I had a story ahead, about that. Ahead, no, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to, see, you want me to, you want me to get I'm really great. No, no, I'm no, not, no. I'm not. no, I just, it was just something that happened recently that, um, 
the gentleman reached out to me on LinkedIn and, you know, he, he wanted to know more about, you know, my previous employer. And he's, he, I said, Hey man, you know, I'm not doing it now. Let, let's talk. So, um, we, we got on the phone and we were chatting and I had nothing but great things to say. And, and he said, uh, he's like, Oh man, I saw your notice that you just changed jobs. He's like, I was so bummed out. He's like, I was really excited when I was looking and doing my research to see you there and kind of follow you on LinkedIn and see what you were up to. It really had him excited about the opportunity. And he was just like, gosh, it, was, it really was a bummer to know that you are now going to be elsewhere. So something like that really, it gives a perception about your brand. Representation is absolutely key. And it has to be authentic as well. Um, not just representation like, oh, here's a random shot of our, our Christmas party and here's a couple black and brown faces. No, but actual people who make decisions at your company um, speaks a lot, right? And I think right now people want to see beyond your 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 um, your tagline, right? Or or your your ad. They want to actually see you in action and see that you are actually living the things that you're saying, right? We have to give the audience more credit and um, they're, they're very intelligent and they're informed, so. I think, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think to your point, Rashawn, I, I also think when companies aren't doing a good job or haven't been paying enough attention previously to be, you know, the word is transparent. Hey, we haven't been doing a good job. We are going to do better. And this is how we're going to do better. And this is why we're going to do better. And this is how we're going to learn. And I, you know, I don't think enough companies are doing that. And instead it's just posting, you know, pictures or little taglines to kind of get behind the movement. And I, I really think it's important to say, Hey, we need to do better. And this is why, and this is how. And I think, again, that goes back to that transparency of, listen, if, we, if we've messed up, if we've made a mistake, we're going to be open and try to cover it up and make it look like we've done everything right, when in the reality is we haven't. So let's just mm -hmm. get better. I love that. That's yeah. such a great point. Because listen, we all don't have all the answers, right? <laughs> but when we learn, we grow and we do better. And I think being transparent, like you said about that is, is so important. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, so they say imitation is the, the sincerest form of flattery, but should we stay away from what others have done? Or is that statement, statement true in what we do? Um, the, this, this reminds me of, I don't know if you guys saw that every COVID commercial is exactly the same YouTube video that went viral. And it starts with like, it starts with like the slow piano. Well, we're in this together. And it was like a ton of commercials, the exact same thing. And it was really eye-opening. You're like, dang, we were, I mean, we're like, was everyone just being lazy? I mean, what, what happened? But um, no. I'd love to get your, I'd love to get your, um, Aaron, your point on, you know, should we imitate what others are doing or what do you think? Um, I mean, honestly, I've had a couple of experiences where I've seen something on LinkedIn or, you know, something, some form of marketing that is just eerily similar to something that we've previously done. Um, and it doesn't really sit well, right? Um, I think, you know, imitation, if somebody's doing something really, really well, right? If I'm looking at a company, I'm like, they are really nailing it with X, Y, and Z, 
I would want to dig into that further. I want to take elements of why that's working so well. What are they doing that is, um, you know, as we talked about earlier, different or, you know, why is this having such a positive effect, but then molded into my own story, right? You cannot take what somebody else is doing and just completely plagiarize it. Um, first of all, people are going to notice. So again, going back to being authentic, how it's, it's not, um, you know, but secondly, I, I think if you're going to imitate, it's imitating the, the, the ideas behind it, right. Why it, why it's successful versus what the actual message is. You have to make that, you know, very pertinent to what you're trying to, to get across. Love it. Love it. What about, what about you, Rashawn? Yeah, I think there's, um, Look, imitation is one way of putting it. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of imitation, especially if you're in the same space, you're doing something very similar and the timing of it is, is, you know, suspicious. That is, that's just lazy, honestly. I I don't applaud that, but I do understand that, yeah, look, there's nothing new under the sun. I think if you can, Instead of imitation, let's call it a remix. If you can figure out a way to kind of take something from, say, another industry, another time, it almost plays like a tribute in a sense, or you're playing off of nostalgia or something like that. I think that's when it becomes fun and you can really show creativity in um, adapting or or putting a spin on something. I think it's really cool. But, you know, to Aaron's point, if you're just out there just snatching stuff and just plain old plagiarizing. Yeah, that's that's not cool. That is not great. That's, la- that's, that's lazy, right? Plain old lazy. lazy. That's lazy. The lazy ones. That, that's your next series. Don't call me for that. I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to invite them on my podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Just, you put out um, a list. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that'll bad. be good. That'll be good for my brand, I'm sure. Um, no. So let's talk about some of the fun stuff. What's what are some of your favorite marketing example examples where you felt the marketing was bold and powerful, Rashawn? Mm, um, in our space or just no, no, in just in general. I, I remember you mentioned like the extra gum when uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Campaign. I mean, I, I wonder, I wonder if folks caught this. Um, someone forwarded it to me. You know, uh, teachers don't play as much as they used to because we're all watching things on demand. But um, there was that extra commercial of folks really coming out of their caves of quarantine and, uh, you know, something flashed across the screen that it's okay to come outside again. Um, and that was just hilarious. So if you haven't seen it, go ahead and Google, uh, I think extra gum or extra quarantine commercial. Um, that is hilarious. And I think it's a long form one of people just coming was, out of whatever yeah. hole they were in. And it was funny. Like, everyone's like, yep. everyone's like, everyone's like, disheveled, their hair's grown, everyone's got beards, and there's a woman, which is, like, me to a T, she's got, like, work on the, you know, work shirt on with, like, a blazer, and then she's got sweatpants Mm -hmm. on, full transparency is what I'm wearing right now, and um, it was so funny, and she was, like, and then everyone's, like, putting gum in their mouth and just making out, Mm -hmm. and haven't been able to make out forever, because we all, Ask yourself oh, why so that was good. so hilarious because hilarious. I mean the best comedy and we were talking about humor earlier. It was relatable. Yep. You know, there were right. we all could relate to the sweatpants, Zoom calls, and somebody was daring enough, courageous enough to go out there and say, "Hey, we all know what it is, and let, right. let's put it 
hair and let's have a good laugh. I think it's memorable. It's a way to really approach um, some subject matter that would otherwise be boring, right? Always lean to relatable. Absolutely. Aaron, what about you? What are some memorable ones that you felt were- I mean, I were well done. the ones that make me cry are always the ones that get me. <laughs> Pull on my heartstrings a little bit and I'm a sucker for it. Um, this was a while ago. And actually, I was at an ANA conference and they talked about this. They had, the, I believe, the chief marketing officer from Ally Bank there. Um, first of all, I think Ally does an amazing job. Um, I came from, prior to JLL, I was in- finance um, with marketing. And I always looked at at Ally. They just, they do a great job. And this one, I think it was called like Thanksgiving or something like that. And forgive me, Ally Bank, if I'm getting this wrong. Um, But it was really, um, it was around the holidays. And I think their big thing was really, again, authenticity, but driving awareness to what is already going on in the culture of Ally Bank. Right. So it was, you know, surprise and delight of customers that were calling into call centers around the holidays and surprising them with, um, you know, I I honestly don't remember the amount of money, but just, you know, hey, we're going to put X, Y, Z amount in your account or whatever it was. And just the real impact that it had on these people and the surprise that they had. And this wasn't just like done for the cameras. They were actually doing it. And just, you know, how much that that was kind of life-changing for some people. So um, again, it was really, it was something that I took away and, you know, three, four years later, I'm still using as an example of something that I just thought was, was really well done. I love that. I love that example. One of the ones that stick out to me is the Airbnb for when it's time where they yeah. focused on the host that speaking of crying, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, so many memories with family. What is what is wrong with me? Like, what is yeah. happening? Oh my god! When I when I see ads like that, even if I'm on social, and you can just tell what's going to happen, there's a soldier there waiting for somebody to come oh, outside yeah. and see that they're home. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, no, not not right now. I don't feel like crying. <laughs> you're like, it's allergies. It's allergies. Where's yeah, no, this is. <laughs> no, but you're right. You, you play on emo- the emotion that that always hits home. Absolutely. Diana, I think Diana Perry is on, a, on this uh, listening. So shout out to you. But we actually did a campaign together called um, This Must Be the Place. And it was for, it was a three part like docu Netflix style series about a vacancy that was completely under construction. There were 80 vacancies on Newbury Street. And um, we both cried at the end. And we, you know, in commercial real estate, that's not, you know, something you ever do in an ad, but it was, it told a beautiful story about um, the history of Boston and what this building has been through. And we characterize it as the queen of back Bay and it just, it just was beautiful. So um, shout out to Diana for being definitely a courageous one for sure. And you know, I'll, I'll add to that. I think it speaks again to the fact that we, as an industry, we have to get away from marketing buildings you know, it, it, it's not about the buildings. It's about the people who, who use the buildings, right. Or, or, who work for the buildings. Once yes. you focus the people and the things that matter to people, th- those campaigns will always resonate. I think once we, yeah. break in, we break that mold and we focus our marketing towards people first, that empathetic side, the humor side, the relatable side, I think that's when mm-hmm. you're going to see the shift in CRE marketing happen. Mm-hmm. It, it has to really become about yeah. human 
beings. Yeah, I, J, JLL's even doing that. And Aaron, you know, I mean, some of the executives are, are truly being transparent and telling their stories. You know, like there's one yep. that's a there's one that's an Iron Man, and and he, you know, told his story about how he got there and and how that prepared him for where he is today, and and made him the person is. And that's what people want to hear. That's the crazy thing. It's yeah. like commercial real estate. We, all, I mean, we represent everyone right? We really do, right? In, in every facet. And so, you know, uh, the stories out there are endless. You just have to find them, right? Yep. So, um, sure. so anyway, so speaking of um, storytelling, what do you guys think about, you know, I know we touched on a little bit, but what do you think about, you know, kind of elaborating that within commercial real estate? How, how does that work? How, how do we find those stories? Well, think about your customers, right? You're talking about tenants. Um, you're talking about uh, the the and, or in retail, you're talking about the customers, right? I think owners to reach out, re, yeah, owners or even the people who work within your companies. Yeah, there are stories that are buried throughout all of that, right? Um, if you are in a or at a company that is going to embrace those kind of stories. And not just, you know, um, roadside visibility and, and demographics and stuff like that. I think those, that's the kind of stuff that's going to stand out. And I think that's yeah. what's going to resonate. So there are, there are stories all over our industry and our business. Yeah. It's who's willing to go the extra and get it, right? We, we did something um, uh, last, uh, back in 2020 um, at my old job where we, we reached out to our tenants and we, we, had them tell their story. They are managing the pandemic in ways that they innovated their business, right? And, you know, part of it was say, you know, how did we help? And it, it really started to resonate with folks and kind of that different approach. So stop worrying about selling yourself, right? But sell rather your values by in interviewing people and telling their stories. I think, I think that's so key because I see this all the time is people... They focus on um, their offerings rather than what their value is, right? I mean, that's like time mm -hmm. and time and time again, right? Yeah. And and the people within the organization are definitely, um, or the people within your centers, you know, what whatever that is. Erin, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think storytelling is incredibly important. It gets to that human side of things. And um, I look at some of the client stories that we've done and, you know, it's, it, it truly is. It's how it's, they're impacting communities. So companies that yeah. we've helped with commercial real estate, like what that means to not only that company, but the community in general and why that's important. So it's, you know, it really goes beyond, again, just the services that we're selling. It's, you know, why is this important? And really where, um, you know, where that leads to in the long run. And I think um, it, it is so important to, to tell the story, but to do it really well. I mean, everyone's talking about storytelling. Everyone's saying, oh, we got to tell the story. Oh, we're storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, but what does that really mean? And I think you have to be able um, to pull that out um, and, and really get to the heart of it. And then it will, it will resonate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have, I have to say that storytelling, you don't need a huge budget to do it. No, There's so many no. ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so awesome. So now I'd like to open it up. If anyone has any questions, we've got these 
amazing experts or any comments. I'm reading through. Um, Bucky, do you want to share or who's? I have a question. To, yeah, go ahead, Linda. I just admire both of you so much, of course, and Sarah as well, uh, Aaron and Rashawn. But my question is, what do you think about all this, like TikTok and all the kind of crazy stuff that's going on? Is that is there a place for that? Is it is it crazy? Is it you know? I mean, I know it's exploded, but I just wondered yeah. what you thought. You know, being in you know your professional roles, are you? encouraging it is that really being courageous or is that mainstream oh, now? Yeah. no I, I think there's a space for it um i think media works um the best when it's a individual it's a personality and not so much the brand trying to to push right so if you have a willing call it sales you know influencers stakeholders within your organization that's not afraid to put their personality forward it could be really powerful, right? And they have them become an extension of your brand. Um, if they're, you know, savvy to navigate it and be consistent with it, it could really benefit the company as a whole. But I think um, the, the followers in those spaces and on those platforms, they want to hear from people, right? Let, let me see you. It doesn't have to be polished or anything like that, but you putting yourself out there and putting a face uh, to it is, it, what really what people are really going to gravitate towards right if it's just a, a, a logo that's pumping me something i'm just going to think it's an ad and i don't really have to pay that close attention but if it's an actual person i'm willing to sit and listen to what they have to mm -hmm. say yeah i think um you know at our company we have so many employees right that um we need to be careful a little bit about i think having official accounts that dilute our brand, right? So I think, you know, when you have an individual that really wants to take ownership of, you know, whether it's an Instagram account or a TikTok, 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 I mean, what? A TikTok <laughs> account. Um, I think that's great. And I think the one thing that I will say though, is that in order to be successful on social, this is not just, you know, I'm going to post once a week and I'm just going to throw some stuff up there, right? Like you have to have a really strong content strategy and you have to have it mapped out and you have to have many, many posts per week. And a lot of times, um, I think there's a lack of awareness around what it really means to be successful on social. And so, um, I definitely, I love you know, when people want to do it. And I think it's, it can only add to, you know, again, really putting themselves out there and, and connecting with people. But I also think, you know, posting once a week or once every couple of weeks probably isn't going to get what, what you want. So, you know, technically, you know, typically we're looking at, you know, at JLL, we're really trying to drive awareness to sort of our brand um, accounts, right? And that's where we're posting our stories and trying to, um, get people to connect with the people of JLL. So, you know, what we're doing from a philanthropic side or from, um, you know, an employee engagement side or, or client story side. So I think there's a few ways to look at it, but it, you you have to have a strategy in order for it to be successful. Yeah. And I'll just add on to it. I think to, to ignore it, it, it is, will be, you know, a detriment to your success. I, I think mm -hmm. for the simple fact that that's where eyes are, you know, <laughs> 
from the moment they open to the moment they close, we're all looking at our social feed. So um, yeah, you gotta have a presence there. Um, how it how it impacts and, and really connects with what you do, that, that you, you'll need some more investigation on that and what uh, your target audience, where they are exactly mm-hmm. and how exactly. much you really wanna put towards it. Cause not everything should be on TikTok, that's for sure. Nobody wants yeah. to see your CEO trying to do the new challenge or the new dance or something like that. So yeah, definitely some strategy is needed. So I'm not, I'm not going to see you being savage. <laughs> Me? I don't yeah. Know. yeah. And I think that's key. you have to be where your audience is, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know if our audience is on TikTok candidly. So right. I, you know, you have to just be where you're putting your energy is where you're going to get the most engagement. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, Aaron, Rashawn, thank you guys so much for joining today and, you know, being part of the Courageous Ones campaign or or Courageous Ones uh, uh, podcast. Uh, Again, this is part one. So we're really excited for part two. Uh, We'll be having some new guests, which we haven't announced yet. So uh, more to come on that. That will be on October 26th at 2 p.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time. So again, thank you guys, Aaron, Rashawn, you guys are, uh, I always learn every time I speak to both of you and I just can't thank you enough. Sarah, thank you. This was fun. And Aaron, and this is a pleasure to share this platform with you. Um, Such a pleasure, Rashawn. This was great. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Thanks again. Bye. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Thanks everyone. See ya. Thank you for joining us today being a part of our CRE Marketing community. Follow us at CRE Marketing underscore on Twitter for updates. See you next time.